I'm Lori Fitz, your host, and as you know, the goal of our show is to explore a wide range of topics. And in that exploration, I want to have us challenge ourselves to see ourselves and our community and the world around us in ways that get us thinking, get us laughing, get us talking, get us imagining, uh, get us connected, and perhaps inspired or challenged to do a bit more because we made the connection. Well, we're kicking off our first 2020 Park Square Theater update show on all the cool things happening at Park Square. And I have my co-host, Michael John Peace. Welcome. Good morning and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> and it's fun to have our first Park Square show. Indeed, it is. So we are doing something today, Theater Ambassador Day. Tell me what that yes. is. Yes. So we've had, gosh, for about five or six years now, a Theater Ambassador program that was long a dream. It's for 24 high school students who really want to take a deep dive into mm. theater. So they're with us for about nine Saturdays during the course of the year. And today is their one of their career days. So they are have monologues prepared, even those who aren't interested interested in going into acting. They're working on auditions. Good for them. Um, and so what's... Nothing wonderful. scary about that. Nothing <laughs> at all, right? Just putting yourself out there. Uh-huh. And uh, so they have they have three master classes today, but the bulk of it is working on their audition pieces. And what's been wonderful over the course of the year, they get to... Um, really elect how what teachers they work with, how their year is shaped. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's really self-directed. And uh, we find more and more as the years have gone on, you always have those who are interested at the start in acting or directing, but then they really find stage management or something on the technical side um, that speaks to their inner project manager, for example. <laughs> so <laughs> it's fun to just see them blossom through this process. And do they apply or audition? Or how, uh, we how do don't they do get auditions, selected? but they do apply mm-hmm. and they need a recommendation from a teacher. They're usually sophomores, juniors, or seniors in high school. And then we did start uh, an ambassador two level, so you can come back and spend some time in the summer doing a deep dive with the theater and all the departments and starting to shape the year. Yeah. And the master classes, tell me about those. Well, they're really um, focused on each aspect of the theater. And again, trying, if someone is really interested in playwriting, um, we actually were able to connect uh, three students who really want to do a deep dive in playwriting with Jeffrey Hatcher. Right. Now, I've taken classes from Jeffrey, <laughs> and I am jealous because he is absolutely the most amazing teacher, as well as an incredible playwright. Right. And so to be having that opportunity that you simply say, this is my wish, and what do I want to explore? Mm-hmm. And then we scurry around, <laughs> work our network, and say, and the artists always get so much out of it, right? Mm-hmm. Because um, it's, it's you know, a few hours on a Saturday afternoon, and yet they make this really deep connection. Well, it's a, a paying forward, and it's also a legacy time. You know? Mm-hmm. When, when folks are able to see the future and be able to support and give encouragement, I have oh, to believe for sure. that that's an amazing opportunity for both the master artists. Um, as well as for the students. Yeah, and then the students do get the chance to take a master artist of their choice, one or more, to back to their school or to their community setting to lead workshops. Bring an artist to school? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I know one year at Highland, they um, when they were in between uh, theater directors, they actually, uh, we, we, had, we made the hours happen, and they had a vocal coach for their spring musical and someone come in to do some work on lighting with them and someone come in to do some work on movement with them. So it was, you know, what an incredible resource that this student then, right, gets to present themselves as I am the key <laughs> to how <laughs> to we're going to get this. To the kingdom. Yes. <laughs> to the theater kingdom. Yeah. Be nice. <laughs> so it is wonderful to see their leadership skills uh, develop because they have to do all the liaising with that sure. and the planning for that. So And it's, yeah. again, that inner project manager that, that may come to life and seeing how to make those connections and how, how to be in charge mm-hmm. and, and to step to the plate, which is exciting for them too. For because sure. theater does allow you that opportunity to step to the plate in it so does, many right? different I've, ways. In my personal life, I've always found, right, it's the proof that everything you need is within you. Yes. Or at least everything you have is already within you. So this is what you've got to work with. Sometimes you just have to look a little deeper. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but it is there. Well, you also have some wonderful things coming up that uh, I'm excited about wanting to go to. The play reading, play reading UN the completely true story of the rise of Kim Jong-un is going to be on Sunday, February 24th, from 6.30 to 8.30. 
This is going to be in the proscenium rehearsal hall, and it's free. It is. How yes. cool is that? It's wonderful. And it's hilarious, irrelevant, uh, irrelevant, irreverent. It's very <laughs> if, relevant. If scary relevant. relevant. Yes, yes. exactly. <laughs> A brutal take on the rise to power of the North Korean leader, Kim Jong-un. Tell mm-hmm. me more about that. Well, it's a really. It's been interesting to see the script evolve. It's really a fascinating story because you know what we get are the these iconic quick clips of him mm-hmm. on TV, right? The funny and, and haircut he- and the <laughs> and we hear the love story, of course, right? <laughs> and the love letters that are going right. on. <laughs> um, and this starts with him as a young man, um, really being fascinated by Western culture and basketball and music, and thinking this is the future that I want for myself. And it's like, oh no, you're going to be the supreme leader. And then to see the harshness that that kind of destiny uh, leads him into. Uh, so it um, it really does try – it doesn't humanize him in a way that's trying to make you – I don't know. He's, he still winds up who he is. Right. But it's really interesting to see how his path gets subverted along the way. Well, right? it's fascinating because, because we do see these clips. Mm-hmm. And we do know that he's bringing basketball – over, you know, I, I know of his love of Michael Jordan mm-hmm. and all the other, you know, characters, and and you pause because there seems to be a fascination with our American culture, mm-hmm. and yet at the same time, there's this incredibly horrifying tension that uh, has nuclear underlying right. of <laughs> you know mass destruction potential, and yet there's these flashes of, you know, Americana media and and. It's an odd and eerie but fascinating um, right. view of the world to see. <laughs> and, and, I, and I'm excited to see how someone brings that to life in mm-hmm. play. Yeah, and there are moments in it that are really hilariously funny and then uh, sort of like the aftertaste, right, of something. Yeah. You go, wait a minute. Now, why was that funny? <laughs> <laughs> that was bad milk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm fascinated. I want to smell it again. <laughs> right. And it does sort of present a, yeah. a, the juxtaposition of what's a view of a leadership and dictatorship from an Eastern mm-hmm. perspective and a Western perspective. Yeah. And there are several actors in this. It looks like we've got at least 10 or 11. Yes. Um, you know, the producer in me is always like, do we need that many people? But <laughs> <laughs> So often at, at this stage of a script, it starts out a little bigger and then we'll get trimmed a little bit as we find out what's what's really essential as we hear the audience reaction and the director and writer hear it in the room. Yeah. Well, it's very exciting. And then um, March 5th through the 15th, oh, our this Hmong is, community. Yes, face-to-face, our Hmong community. This has been, we've been on this journey now for several months already to get to this point. And um, this is not theater in the traditional sense. Uh, we're working with Ping Chong and company out of New York. Um, they've worked with Illusion Theater a few times in the past. They were just in recently working with a, a group at the U of M. And they've developed a community engagement model of um community interviews to lift up and and draw out the threads of what is important to a particular community at the moment. And the idea is that we're not casting community members to do a show. We're finding we did about 16 um, interviews that were three to four hours in length. Um, uh, Many boxes of Kleenex were gone through (laughs) Um, to really find out what is what is it like to be a Hmong person living in the Twin Cities today and what are those threads? And often with an immigrant community, Ping Chong has found that um, they want to go back to the story of how they came here and the secret war and all of that. But uh, what we were finding is the community members stepping forward for this project were really like, you know, that's that's behind us it's at this point. It's a couple generations at this point. Yes. Yeah. And it's really that... Um, that flint point of where the culture they've grown up with within the Hmong community, but they've also grown up as American and where those flashpoints happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and an interesting thread that's come out of it from several stories is about dealing with um, the medical system mm-hmm. and uh, terminal illness or chronic illness and how that is the taboos that they have from their traditional culture mm-hmm. and the, the advocacy, the self-advocacy they have to do to get the actual medical care they need in our culture. Um, so I think it's it's just going to be an interesting brew that leads I, to this show. I think you, I might have mentioned to you years ago, I work with the American Cancer Society and we work with the Hmong community. Mm-hmm. And we made one of the most horrific mistakes mm. in working in the Hmong community because we 
only worked with one translator. Mm -hmm. And there's not a word for radiation. Oh, okay. So when we produced this video and we had this translation, we saw people that were horrified by what we had presented. But what we had presented in explaining radiation was that you're going to be burned from the inside out. Oh, well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and realizing, uh, but there are different, you know, there's the blue, the white, there's different mm -hmm. languages. And it was a good heads up lesson to us in terms of you need to work with a, gr a community of translators, mm -hmm. especially when there's not a written language. To, to understand that taking an idea and translating it, you need to have a vernacular. And, and sometimes in the medical, create a word that, right. that may not be there mm -hmm. um, to help understanding. But it, it, it took us quite a bit to get them to come back <laughs> and, <laughs> yes. and review the rest of our materials <laughs> and be open. But also we were finding how do, how do you work um, in the spiritual healing? Mm -hmm. And which was very different than w initially when we were working in the medical community that they that the medical community felt comfortable with. We've come a long way right. in being able to create those partnerships. But mm -hmm. find it interesting that you're you're still finding the medical um, challenge mm -hmm. and and who translates. And very often it is the young person that needs to translate for the whole family. Oh, for sure. And that pressure. Mm -hmm. so, oh, the, yeah, the program so sounds wonderful. It's good. And that is a piece that, like many in our season, that's available to schools as well. And schools are very interested in um, coming and exploring and having this. Um, it's it's chamber theater, right? They're reading mm -hmm. at music stands so that we're not putting the pressure of performance on them. But it is scripted so that you get a sense of rhythm and a through line and the, the threads all come together. So it's going to be. the interviews um, be recorded and? And you have it on audio, or do you have it written up, or will, will there, um, there be some sort of an anthology that perhaps comes out of that? Yes, someday? yes, there will be at some point. And uh, there's some video that's involved, and so we're just getting into the stage of exploring what that's going to be like as well. Great. Well, stay with us, audience. We're going to be um, talking about some more things coming up at Park Square. Uh, we'll be having a great discussion on Romeo and Juliet, a one night only. Indeed. So that's going to be very cool. Marie and Rosetta oh. is coming back, so we'll talk about that. And, of course, the Spring Mischief Gala is something that you all should put on your calendar. So stay with us. We'll be right back. I'm Peter Rackliff from the Eastside Freedom Library, and I'd like to tell you about an historic place on Payne Avenue, Brunson's Pub. Experience history and passion through the delicious menu, reflecting the East Side's diversity. The choices are limitless. Salads, sandwiches, burgers, and shareable plates. Visit Brunson's Pub at 956 Payne Avenue and grab a discounted gift card when you mention that you're an AM 950 listener or a supporter of the East Side Freedom Library. Be sure to check out Brunson'sPub.com. This is Chad, owner of AM950. Our station has worked with Barbara from WYSIWYG Web Design for years on everything from logo to print design and especially for developing our website. She does great work and is great to work with, listening to what our goals and design ideas were while offering new, innovative ideas to create the website we are proud of today. Barbara made sure she understood our station, our goals, and our mission before she started working on our site and made suggestions to help control the cost. Plus, she's friendly, which set us at ease. I recommend Barbara at WYSIWYG Web Design because I know she will deliver an attractive, professional website within the budget you have. She is a local independent business that specializes in helping other local businesses achieve their website and design goals. She can work with nearly any budget and create anything from simple sites to robust custom functionality. To find out more about the company AM950 Trust, go to WYSIWYGWebDesign.com. Spelled out just like it sounds, WYSIWYGWebDesign.com. This is Chad, owner of AM950. I've been telling you about my friends at Snap Construction who are arguably the most well-reviewed exterior construction company in the metro. Don't just take my word for it. Take a look at all their reviews online. Winter is the most cost-effective time of the year to complete your construction project. A majority of Minnesotans choose to have their work completed on their home in the summer when they should be enjoying the weather. As a result, the demand for labor in the summer is much higher. The most cost-effective way to improve or restore your home is in the winter due to the lower demand. Right now, Snap Construction is offering an additional 30% off of labor to the AM950 listeners on your next construction project between now and the end of February. Call 612-333-SNAP. 
and mention AM950 for an additional 30% off. As always, Snap Construction stands by their work with a lifetime craftsmanship warranty. Don't wait to get a free estimate by calling 612-333-SNAP or find them online at snapconstruction.com. Financing options available. Turn to Auto Technical with your vehicle donation. Even though Auto Technical is a small nonprofit, we have helped more families with transportation than any organization in Minnesota. Since 94, we have reconditioned donated vehicles so they have a higher tax benefit. Call Richard at 612-919-5526, 612-919-5526, or autotech.org. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show. I'm Lori Fitz, and I am your host. And I have my co-host here, who is Michael John Peace, who is also the Park Square executive director, but he's my co-host for all our Park Square shows. That's the best part of the job. <laughs> <laughs> well, in our last uh, last segment, we were talking about Theater Ambassador Day, terrific uh, play reading that's coming up on February 24th, Face to Face Our Hmong Community, and if you missed it, you can listen in on our podcast, but you can also go to parksquaretheater.org for more information on all these cool things. And in this segment, I would love to have you tell me about Romeo and Juliet. Ah, the classic tale, right? So when we opened the Andy Boss Thrust Stage in 2014, one of the things we wanted to do was bring um, new adaptations of uh, Shakespeare to high school students in the spring, which is when they study it. And we were realizing we were missing reaching um, high schools that could not do a a two-and-a-half-an-hour Um, window for a play. So this is a very lean, muscular, 90-minute adaptation. Uh, So it keeps all of the essential uh, plot elements and the great poetry that we love, but it really moves at the clip that teenagers move at. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it can be a very muscular play. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's fight scenes and uh, death. <laughs> right. Every, everything is Drug a life overdose. and death. <laughs> right. A, a life and death situation yes. as the protagonists discover, right? Yes. So they're, you know, they start out not realizing that they're in a life and death situation and then it keeps being revealed to them. And so uh, this has played to um, anywhere from 6,000 to 9,000 high school students every spring. Wow. Um, and, you know, because... Romeo and Juliet are young. They have to keep getting recast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Time goes they, on. They outgrew it. <laughs> they do indeed. Uh, and so we've got some wonderful new cast members, and we thought, you know, it's been a while since we've shared this with the general audience, so let's find a date to uh, put it out there for friends and lovers of Shakespeare. <laughs> so one night only, April 4th, and you can uh, go again on to parksquaretheater.org uh, for more information and how to get tickets and all that good stuff. For sure, and for anyone who's thinking, oh, is this a high school you know, focused production. And I have to tell you that high school students are the most demanding. Yes. So you do see wonderful work when we have honed it with high school students. You should circle it. Right. <laughs> it's been done for high school because they'll grab your attention and stay with it. Well, and it's um, there's something in the boss stage which is so small and intimate that makes it so immediate. Mm-hmm. I had a great conversation with the director and adapter, David Mann, about what makes, uh, you know, an uh, audience member was asking, well, you know, why isn't it in modern dress? And it's not in period, period dress, but you're clearly in the past. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, then all the language doesn't make sense if they're mm-hmm. walking around with cell phones and, you know, mm-hmm. these situations wouldn't have happened. What makes it immediate is when the actor is right in front of you asking the real question, you know, what should I do in this mm-hmm. moment? And we've had audience members actually answer oh, <laughs> them wow. during a soliloquy. It's like that that's what makes it relevant is when you make a real connection in the space, um, n- not by trying to add on 21st century elements uh, to make it seem cool. <laughs> no, it's the, it's that human moment when mm-hmm. and there's been studies show that you actually breathe together as an audience your heartbeats start coming together as an audience there becomes we become part of the play itself which i always find fascinating as well because you can go to three different performances and you're seeing three different shows for sure yeah. So, off to the um, Marie and Rosetta, you're bringing back we a fabulous are, play. We are. It's time to blow the roof off the proscenium stage again <laughs> this April. <laughs> That's that music. It, it just explodes on stage. It really does. And to understand that, and then when you hear these, the way she's 
uh, Sister Rosetta Tharp put chords with things and sort of merge the gospel and the blues and uh, that little bit of early rock. And you're like, oh, I understand where this sound comes from now. Yeah. Just to even know more about her history in the rock and roll mm-hmm. I, I, was fascinating for me last year before I went. It's like, oh, my goodness, she was a powerhouse. Right. She really influenced a lot of folks in understanding you know, the the foundation for rock and roll. Mm-hmm. And the first artist to have a tour bus. Mm-hmm. Uh, we hear a little bit of that in the play, how that's one of her dreams. Uh-huh. Uh, and the first the first uh, real rock artist to stand in front of the band with the guitar and lead them that way, which is what we think it was like, wasn't it always that way? No, well, it, it was always that way after her. <laughs> and just to have a strong woman playing a guitar mm-hmm. and owning that stage and owning the audience, I mean, we're all in the palm of her hand. Oh, for sure. Uh, is is well worth seeing, not just once, but twice, maybe three times. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, and I think the fact that it's really rare to see a story about strong black women that is not in, re- they're not in relationship to men. Mm-hmm. They're not in relationship to white people. It's really just them on stage with their story. Uh, so... Uh, you know, there's all these wonderful stories like the Green Book and things mm-hmm. that we've seen, but that's always in the context of the broader culture, and we just really get to spend the evening in their world. Fabulous. I highly recommend it. So tell me about the Spring M- Mischief Gala. Uh, this is our annual uh, gala, and we just have a lot of fun. We take over every single square foot of the theater facility. <laughs> so. <laughs> When you come in uh, for cocktails and silent auction and dinner on the boss stage, so you actually get to have dinner on the stage or the rehearsal hall, um, and Meritage is going to be concocting a special craft cocktail for us for the evening, uh, food by the St. Paul Hotel. And uh, then when that winds down, it's time to go up to the proscenium stage and see a one-night-only cabaret performance, some snippets of the upcoming season. With a lot of diverse artists. Yes, for sure. That is, you know, what we want to put out there is the whole feast, the whole community, lift up as many voices as possible. It's on March 30th. Mm Mm-hmm. And we can frolic with fairies, elves, and tricksters, I understand. Yes. Well, it's not on April Fool's Day this year. It's the day before. But it's you can get all that. Yes. <laughs> you can get all that action in. <laughs> and then I know we're, we're coming down to the end of this segment. I'll be losing you. You're, you're oh. off to all sorts of good things with your theater, and, and we're going to be having a, a wonderful um, artist joining us. But tell me a little bit about this old-time radio. It's the mysterious old ra- uh, radio listening society that's joining you for the golden age of radio live on oh, Park Square. This is going to be so much fun. Um, Eric has so much history and knowledge about those classic, well-written radio dramas. And uh, so they're going to be once a month uh, for the next several months, uh, bringing to life these classic scripts with original commercials and announcements and the artists doing the Foley sound on stage, so you get to see it all. And, uh, you know, when I introduced Eric to Anthony Andler at Jaime's Haberdashery in the building. I love that. And I, if you have not been to Jaime's, you have to go see Jaime's Haberdashery. Oh, right. Uh, where you can get coffee, the walk-in humidor, uh-huh. the, you know, you can get kitted out uh-huh. to go shooting at uh, Downton Abbey. You oh, know, it's just all fabulous. The things. And he's got his own radio station now in the store. To oh, I didn't know store. that. That so is great. So suddenly, and they had both worked at KLBB in the past, oh, but not uh, overlap. So mm-hmm. they were just brothers from another mother. So Jaime's is going to be doing a special opening night kickoff for this January 20th first show. Good to know. Yeah. So the the dates of the the shows are January 20th, February 17th, March 9th, April 19th, and May 11th. And it's revisiting great horror and suspense shows from the golden age of radio. Except live. Yes. (laughs) And I hear they're all doing their own um, various sound effects. Yes. Which would be great. So you get to see that, too. So that's great. And tickets are just $23. So we'd love to see you. Well, thank you, Michael John, for joining us today and sharing with us an update on Park Square and all the cool things that are coming up. And I will look forward to joining you on several of these events. All right. Can't wait. All right. Stay with us. We'll be coming right back and learning more about the golden age of radio and some horror and suspense that will be on the stage of Park Square. Stay with us. We'll be right back. (laughs) 
promoting happiness through health and helping out. That's Cocoa Bee and Nut Grain-Free Granola. Cocoa Bee and Nut is a locally made gluten-free grain-free granola that anyone can incorporate into their day, be it breakfast, lunch, dinner, or a snack. Our hearty blend of nuts and seeds mixed with honey, coconut oil, and healthy spices will make your taste buds tap dance and your heart will be happy knowing you've helped someone out. Yes, Cocoa Bee and Nut donates 10% of all sales to charity. For more information or to buy, visit CocoaBeeAndNut.com. Visit the wine bar at Cafe Latte and enjoy a unique handcrafted pizza and glass of wine. The perfect place for an intimate night or an evening with friends. Choices range from spicy Italian sausage and sweet roasted peppers to the one-of-a-kind nacho chicken pizza layered with blue corn tortilla chips. The approachable wine list offers over 30 by the glass with special emphasis on wines from Washington State. End your night with one of Cafe Latte's melt-in-your-mouth desserts, 850 Grand Avenue, St. Paul. It's winter, it's cold, and you probably don't want to be outside. So cozy up inside with a new book from Next Chapter Booksellers or get something to read on your next vacation. Next Chapter Booksellers is the largest independent locally owned bookstore in St. Paul with a full range of books and subjects. Stop in and the friendly staff will help you find the perfect book. Located on Grand and Snelling in St. Paul and at nextchapterbooksellers.com. At Better Futures Minnesota, we transform the lives of men and support Minnesota's environment by working towards zero waste. Our approach reaffirms each man's dignity and supports self-sufficiency. Better Futures Minnesota is a work training model. Through our reuse, retail warehouse, and supervised work crews with specialized in residential and commercial building deconstruction, property maintenance, appliance recycling, and janitorial services, we demonstrate ways to employ hire-to-employ men on a pathway to independence. Hire our work crews at BetterFuturesMinnesota.com. I'm Peter Rackliff from the Eastside Freedom Library, and I'd like to tell you about an historic place on Payne Avenue. Brunson's Pub is a place where history and passion are a part of every detail, starting with the menu. The Payne-Phelan neighborhood arose from Dakota people who lived here for hundreds of years and pioneering immigrant communities, Irish, Swedes, German, and Italians, who made the East Side their home. More recently, waves of new residents from Asia, Latin America, and Africa continue the rich immigrant history and are revitalizing the community's cultural life and economy. Come experience Brunson's Pub at 956 Payne Avenue and grab a discounted gift card when you mention that you're an AM950 listener or a supporter of the Eastside Freedom Library. Be sure to check out Brunson'sPub.com. With your AM950 weather, I'm Sam Turnberg. Today's going to be mostly sunny with a high near 13. Tonight's partly cloudy with a low around 6. Tomorrow cloudy with a high near 22. Monday mostly cloudy with a high near 30. And Tuesday mostly cloudy with a high of around 23. Is estate planning still on your to-do list, or are you overdue for an update? The new year is a great time to get going on that goal. Get started today with Shroman Law in St. Paul. Call 651-571-2515 or visit shromanlaw.com. to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. And today we're talking about Park Square Theater and all the cool things they're doing. And in the next couple segments, we'll be exploring the mysterious old radio listening society, and they are pairing with Park Square Theater to present the golden age of radio live. And I have Eric Webster joining me today. Hi, Eric. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. And how are you? I'm fantastic. Well, I'm excited to learn more about the history. I understand you've got uh, a great background in uh, old-time radio uh, dramas, and I adore old radio dramas, so I'm very excited about your upcoming five shows on January 20th, February 17th, March 9th, April 9th, and May 11th. You got Mondays cornered for the next five months. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a good off-night. Mondays in theater are kind of considered... Uh, uh, our days off for actors. So a lot of friends of mine have gotten married on Monday night. Uh, well, we'll all gather on on Monday, and you'll have a, a great artistic community as well as a great audience that loves theater. Right. So yes. tell tell me how you first got interested in doing the these old timey history radio dramas. 
Well, I'll try to be as succinct in this as possible. Um, when I was very young, I used to uh, listen to uh, things like North Stars Hockey on the radio. And sure. um, also had one of those radios that uh, tuned in television stations that my parents bought me so that I could stay up later to listen to Johnny Carson's monologue because uh. uh, they wouldn't let me stay up. And when I was very young, I started to realize how much I enjoyed the idea of for example, listening to hockey games that somehow I could see what was happening just by the description because mm-hmm. it was mine and I was participating in that process. And um, so I just kind of fell in love with the idea of theater of the mind at that point in my life. Uh, as life went on, uh, I went into radio, uh, was in radio talk show host, uh, just like what you're doing for a long time. Uh, before uh, I left that and went into uh, theater and acting, and um, directing and producing theater. And about, oh, I don't know, five, six years ago, some friends of mine and uh, uh, that I had done a lot of shows with, uh, collaborated with on stage with, we had talked a lot about our similar interests. And we all had uh, this, this, this passion, I, I guess, is a way to put it, uh, but more accurately is we were nerds about old-time <laughs> radio, and um, one of them, Joshua Scrimshaw, who does a lot of theater and produces a lot of theater in town, he, uh, he said, let's do a podcast, and I said, okay, I don't know what a podcast is because I'm old, um, but sure, um, and he said, it's radio on the internet, I said, thank you, um, so, and then another gentleman named Tim Uren, who uh, uh, is the uh, uh, producer of uh, Ghoulish Delights, which is a uh, theatrical company that does stage work. And so the three of us sat down and we started this podcast, which was picking an episode of Old Time Radio and uh, giving some information about the episode at the top of the podcast, playing the actual episode, and then coming out and discussing it from the vantage point of not only nerds, but also as playwrights and actors and seeing if it stands the test of time and uh, if the story structure holds up and those kind of things. Well, we, I, I didn't think anybody would listen to it, nor did I even know how people could listen to it. And things were going on and people were listening to it. And I was like, that's fantastic. Don't tell me how many. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, at the same time in a different part of my life, when, uh, one of my other, um, projects was a a project called shades brigade which i was tying in my love of uh theatrical uh audio drama radio drama and and theater by i had started about seven years ago and i still am doing this uh which is an original radio drama uh that is written in the style of adventure radio from the 1940s serialized adventures um so i already had this uh, uh experience under my belt of performing live radio drama and then uh we got the idea of basically instead of just talking about these why why don't we go on stage and try to recreate these uh so that's what we started to do in addition to the podcast is go out um to these theaters and do exact replica recreations of the original broadcast including the commercials and and everything um and um that was successful as well, and we've traveled all over the state and all over the Twin Cities and have done a ton of shows, and uh, and as you just mentioned, and now we're going to be doing a run over at Park Square. So that's really the fastest I can tell you the history of what how this all came about. Well, getting back to when you did your podcast and you were yeah. looking at the historical notes, I have to believe that there's some interesting um, influences <laughs> That yeah. obviously happening in the 40s, that we middle of a war. In the 50s, right. we had the Cold War, uh, but there were mm-hmm. soap operas as well as the suspense. Mm-hmm. Um, are mm-hmm. there themes that you see repeating now that are interesting oh. to bring to life on the radio that maybe makes radio even more powerful in in our current climate? Well, yeah, I mean nothing changes. Yeah. I mean, that's the one of the more, most interesting things about, uh, it's really a, a great question because uh, that happens every time uh, we have a, a show that we pick, pick an episode of 
suspense or, or lights out or, or the shadow. We, we don't really do, you know, the Fibber McGee's and Molly's. Mm-hmm. We don't mm-hmm. really do the comedy or the soap operas or the variety shows or any of that. We kind of uh, stick to the suspense and horror genre. Well, those are the ones that keep you uh, on the edge sci-fi. of your seat. You know, those are the ones that you tune right. in and you, you, you get a little closer to yeah. the radio on, on those. And so yeah. I, I love the adventure ones especially. Yeah, the, you know, my favorite of all time is I Love a Mystery, written by Carlton E. Morris. Uh-huh. I think it's pure genius. But anyway, that's now it's become an episode of the podcast. Uh, but, uh, yeah, there are so many strains. Um, I do a lecture series that I have uh, done all over um, uh, about War of the Worlds. And mm-hmm. uh, the broadcast by Mercury Theater on the air in 1938. Uh, and, and everybody's familiar with it, and they say the same thing. And they say, oh, yeah, everybody panicked. And went out and tried to kill themselves, and there was mass exodus from cities, and and, and you know it, none of it's true, not right. not even yeah. none of it happened. But yeah. the point is, why do we believe that? And the reason we believe that is because the newspapers uh, printed it uh, mm-hmm. the next morning uh, after this broadcast. Um, a broadcast, by the way, very, very, very few people were even listening to because the Charlie McCarthy show was on, which was the most popular radio show. At that time, uh, and which is also odd because that's a ventriloquist and his dummy on the radio, <laughs> and people loved it. Um, yes. So that which, which you normally so want to have a visual aid to, but somehow, yeah, <laughs> somehow everybody thought that was the greatest thing. But anyway, the newspapers printed these stories that said, you know, there, there's 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 bedlam and chaos, and people were killing themselves, and there's uh. all. And why did they do that? And the reason they did it is because they had been fearing radio. Well, radio really started to take over about 1929, 1930, and was just really gaining a lot of momentum and taking money out of the pockets of newspapers. Mm. Um, by the time you got to 1938, 39, it was full on. Um, and if you look at the internet to you know, that, 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 that fight for how do we get information across and how do people want to get their information. And but even, even the fight with cable, up, you know, it was like cable yeah. being less, less of cable a news. And, yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. But it was out and out fake news. They, huh. they, they lied. And um, <laughs> it was really tragic for a lot of reasons. Orson Welles spent years thinking he had killed people. Um, it was, it was really, really uh, irresponsible. Uh, but, just that lecture series I do on that topic uh, ties in very closely with a lot of things that uh, are happening now. Uh, mm-hmm. There are many other themes as well. Uh, I, I mean, I can pick any episode, and we frequently delve into, wow, I mean, there's some things in here that are definitely dated. You know, there's definitely uh, things that we need to, uh, that we come across that are acceptable for the time, mm-hmm. uh, misogynistic tones and sometimes racist things right. that are very acceptable that we address. You know, that's not great, but it is 1943 and it was okay. So, And, and it but, became um, part of almost a mediated reality. It, it, it per, uh, perpetuated uh, various ideas, which is great to, like, look at it and go, you can see some roots of, of why people have some of these attitudes and why they need to be changed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean— and, you know, it's just very accepted uh, things going on. And then there was also amazing uh, empowerment things going on. That We come across things like, oh, who would have thought that would be happening in, in 1944, you know, um, or whatever year it was. But uh, things that we don't know about. And, um, yeah, that they, they mirror our society completely. Uh, you know, after the atomic bomb, mm. you know, sci-fi really took off yes. uh, for a number of reasons. And then you have shows coming in the 50s like X-1 and Dimension X. And, and then, of course, that uh, was all sci-fi based. And Ray Bradbury novels were being adapted to the radio. And, I mean, it's just really Twilight fascinating. Twilight Zone but, took off, you know, for, for television. But it was, it was all part of right. that, that fear uh, and, and, and suspense. We, we were yep. in a, a, an era of suspense of not knowing yeah. what was going to happen next. Yeah, and then, you know, radio drama, uh, I mean, it started, you know, late 20s, early 30s, and then it died. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can actually pinpoint the night. The last episode of Suspense aired in 1961, and um, they knew it, and they said, good night, we're done. And everybody will uh, agree that that was it. 
That was when radio drama, and there was no more until 1968, a uh, show called the CBS Radio Mystery Theater uh, came on the air and ran from 1968 to 1981, hosted by E.G. Marshall, Mm. and um, it was an hour long, and it, it, it tried really hard to recapture and keep that going. But other than that, there has been no radio drama at all. Um, and since 1981, it's almost completely disappeared. But the revival has come from podcasts. Uh, the interest in audio drama, people realizing that listening to stories uh, is very pleasurable. <laughs> and uh, and, and uh, especially so the millennials, millennials love to multitask and be able to be right. listening and doing other things and being active and, and out and about. The millennials are going to yep. bring back radio more and more is, has been my <laughs> experience and belief. I love it because they love the human voice. Yep. And there is something yep. uh, almost like sitting around the fire in primitive times of being able to yep. um, connect through story and connect through the, the human voice. I, I think that's a really good point in the sense that we used to sit around the radio and, and, and look at it and and, and, <laughs> and and hear the stories together. I don't think that's what's happening at all anymore. No. What's happening now is we have headphones on and we're going for walks or we're cleaning our house or we're, we're, we're multitasking mm-hmm. and having entertainment pumped into our heads. And uh, it doesn't uh, require you to re- be glued to a screen. So it's a great point. Now, in our next segment, we're going to be coming back. I want to hear more mm-hmm. about... Um, the shows that are coming up specifically, we've yeah. got uh, Sorry, Wrong Number on January 20th mm-hmm. from Suspense. Yes. It was first broadcast back on May 25th, 1943. So I want to hear about that yes. and maybe the three skeleton keys and all sorts of other yeah. cool stuff. So stay with us. We'll be right back yeah. and uh, we'll hear more about the golden age of radio and what's happening at Park Square. If you have a painting project, you should consider hiring Nick Slavic Painting and Restoration Company. We've been awarded nationally for craftsmanship, are highly professional, responsive, and fairly priced. If you feel overwhelmed by starting a painting project, we make it easy from start to finish. We move furniture, vacuum, sweep, dust, and put your home back the way we found it. There is a difference. Our professionalism sets us apart. Visit N-I-C-K-S-L-A-V-I-K.com. That's NickSlavic.com to learn more. Located just south of downtown Minneapolis, the Blaisdell is the perfect venue for your next event. The Blaisdell is a fresh, modern, newly remodeled historic mansion with spaces that can accommodate groups of 25 to 700. While perfect for weddings, the Blaisdell also includes rooms with high-tech audio and video equipment for your company's next gathering. So whether it's a dream wedding or impressing colleagues and clients, choose the Blaisdell as your next event venue. Select dates are still available. Learn more at theblaisdell.com. Northeast Minneapolis is known for its creativity, and you'll know exactly why when you eat at Hazel's Northeast. Their creatively prepared comfort food will have you coming back week after week. Breakfasts like biscuits and gravy, granola pancakes, and brisket hash. For lunch, homemade soup, and one of the best Rubens in town. And don't miss the daily risotto or Chef Ali's ever-changing dinner specials. Come on in. Bring the whole family. Hazel's Northeast delivers real good food. Family owned at 29th and Johnson in Minneapolis. Minnesota's appliance specialists are ready. We've competed and earned your business for over 70 years, and 2020 is going to be our best year ever. We're offering guaranteed savings on the world's top-rated appliances. We love helping you find just the right appliances and watching you smile as the savings add up. Then Warner Stellings delivery specialists make the hard work look easy with fast free delivery, basic installation, and free haul-away. Now through January 22nd, take advantage of 18 months interest-free financing. You'll love your new appliances and Warner Stellion. When you need legal assistance, let the Minnesota Lawyer and Referral Information Service help you find the right attorney. It's a new and enhanced program of the Hennepin and Ramsey County Bar Associations. They have professional, experienced referral counselors who can connect you to vetted attorneys practicing in employment law, divorce, bankruptcy, DUI, and much more. Take the stress out of finding a lawyer. Call 612-752-6699 or go to mnlawyerreferral.org. The right call for the right lawyer. Promoting happiness through health and helping out. That's Cocoa Bea Nut Grain-Free Granola. 
Cocoa Bee and Nut is a locally made, gluten-free, grain-free granola that anyone can incorporate into their day, be it breakfast, lunch, dinner, or a snack. Our hearty blend of nuts and seeds mixed with honey, coconut oil, and healthy spices will make your taste buds tap dance and your heart will be happy knowing you've helped someone out. Yes, Cocoa Bee and Nut donates 10% of all sales to charity. For more information or to buy, visit CocoaBeeAndNut.com. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show. I'm Laurie Fitz, your host, and we're talking about the golden age of radio live on Park Square Theater stage. And this is being done in partnership with the mysterious old Radio Listening Society. And I have Eric Webster joining us today. He's an actor, producer, a writer for the stage, radio, television. And you've been doing stuff with the Guthrie, with Park Square, with Artistry Theater, with the Workhouse Collective, Paul Bunyan Playhouse, Pioneer Place Theater. You've just been everywhere, haven't you? Yeah, I don't sleep. <laughs> so tell so me. Overrated. So we've got these great shows coming up: the January twentieth, yeah. February seventeenth, March 9th, April nineteenth, May eleventh. These are all Mondays at the Andy mm-hmm. Boss Thrust Stage at seven thirty p.m. Tell me mm-hmm. about what plays you're going to be bringing to life. What old radio plays and commercials and fun stuff you're going to bring right. to life. Well, every time we do a show, uh, we do two episodes of, of something, and we try to find a theme. And for our first uh, shows at Park Square Theater, we decided that our theme would be the best of all-time radio. Uh-huh. There are about 10 shows out there that are inarguably by anybody. Uh, the, it's agreed upon. That's one of the best shows ever written, produced, performed, directed, etc. Um, and two of those are... Uh, uh, that we chose for this January 20th date is Sorry Wrong Number uh, from Suspense and uh, Three Skeleton Key from Escape, which is uh, a spinoff of Suspense, which is, we don't have the time to get into that. But well, anyway. <laughs> well, the Three Skeleton Key, I have to tell you, I am absolutely terrified of rats. I mean, I mean that, that, oh. that is the one thing that I, I can handle a lot of things in this world. Yeah. Rats are not one of them. And, yeah, and, that's what I tell people. He's like, if you don't like rats, you're in for you're in for a, a difficult half hour with three skeletons. Yes. I'm going to brave it, though. I'm going to come and I'm going to brave yeah. it, even with the terror that I have about rats. And uh, that goes. The first broadcast of that one was back November fifteenth, nineteen forty nine. Yeah, um, and, and interestingly, um, uh, it was so popular that Escape produced it again, uh, nineteen fifty, nineteen fifty three, and then Suspense. Uh, did the story in 1956 and in 1958 as one of those uh, listener uh, demands that we love this so much. And if you don't know what it is, it's about three men uh, that live in a lighthouse and run the lighthouse on their different ships, ships uh, off of the jungle coast of the French Guiana. And um, they're alone in this lighthouse. And as you probably guessed, Something happens with rats, uh, and uh, there's nothing like the idea of suspense when you when you trap people and, yes. and give them no escape, and, and how are they going to uh, figure their way through that? Plus, then the dynamics of uh, their relationships to each other and uh, their personalities come into play. I mean, Lord of the Flies, right? Uh, and uh, so, originally, Vincent Price did he play in all of the different productions or just the first one? I think just the first okay. one. That's a great question. I'm not 100% sure on that, but uh, uh, I'm not sure. But yeah. Vincent Price uh, is amazing. That's another thing, you know, Vincent Price, people don't realize, you know, he's so stereotypical and such a character of himself mm-hmm. that people don't realize that there was a point he wasn't that walking character of Vincent Price. <laughs> yes. He was an amazing actor, you know. And wonderful uh, in radio. Truly. The voices he could oh, do, just, just incredible. Yeah. So no, there's another one you're doing, The Sorry Wrong Number. So tell me about that yeah. one. All right, so Sorry Wrong Number is, is an amazing one-woman performance. Uh, it was originally done uh, in, uh, I believe it was 1944, uh, by Suspense, starring Agnes Moorhead, which, again, a lot of people will say, Oh, the mom from Bewitched. Exactly. And and I go, yeah, that's right. That's this woman with this amazing resume and uh, theatrical uh, ability was more than the mom from Bewitched. But she was an amazing actor. Anyway, that was such a popular show that it was redone in 1943 uh, twice. 
1955, 1948, 1952, 1957, and 1960. It was a huge, huge demand to hear this show with Agnes Moorhead. It is a one-woman show. She is an invalid um, in her house trying to get a hold of someone on a phone because she's accidentally overheard the plans on her party-line phone for a murder and trying to get someone to believe her. Uh, and it's, it's, it's suspenseful in its frustration. Uh, it's just so frustrating. And it is uh, the actor, Agnes Moorhead in this case, but uh, uh, 30 minutes of this person really building the tension and suspense by themselves. It takes an amazing talent, and uh, we have that. Um, the other, the fourth person in our troupe, the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society, is not only the amazing actress uh, Shannon Custer, uh, which a lot of people recognize that name, but she's also my wife. Oh, um, wonderful! And she, and she is. Uh, we're really excited to uh, to have her perform this, um, and it's it is a riveting story uh, with. It sounds kind of like nothing much is going on, but so much is going on, um, and it's, it puts you on the edge of your seat. Now, your wife also is a playwright, right? She did. She helped out oh, with yeah. creating Sometimes There's oh, yeah. Wine, and um, yep, been in wonderful programs. I've seen her on stage. She's absolutely amazing. And then she's coming back to Park Square Theater doing the third of their trilogy, uh, uh, the, the, the Sometimes There's Wine. Uh-huh. Uh, Two Sugars. Uh, trilogy. Two sugars, yep, and they're doing a whiskey show. Um, good whiskey, bad that, things, good whiskey. <laughs> bad things, good whiskey, exactly. And that'll be coming to Park Square next year. So there we go. Got another plug in for the house. There you go. <laughs> Giving one in for the team. That's uh, that is important. Mm-hmm. So we're yeah. co- we're coming down to the end of our show here. So I want to make sure that folks know that this is um, something that's a, a relatively inexpensive. You know, you want to do something mm-hmm. on a, a Monday night. Tickets are only twenty three dollars, and yep. this is going to be a trip down memory lane. But it's also creating kind of a new type of theater, bringing radio, old radio, and and you'll right. be doing some of your own shows. Are you create? Is are one of the nights going to be your uh, brigade show that you're doing? No, no. Okay. Uh, this, so that's a separate company, and I okay. and I do those shows with different actors. But Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society has done original works, and we might do some more in the future. Uh, that's that's a whole other project we're working on. So I the, wanted to point out really quickly that sure. what we do on stage is that we have four actors doing all the voices and all of the sound effects, so we don't have a separate sound effects person. And we also supply all the history and information and a Q&A session afterwards. Oh, well worth going to. So go to parksquaretheater.org for all the information. And I look forward to seeing all of my audience there. So check us out. I'll be there. It'll be fun. It'll be wild. It'll be radio and suspenseful. Thank you so much, Eric, for joining us today.